there's a statement in AA, the first step of recovery, which is we're powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. Pretty clear statement, yeah? We're powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. Now, the way it's worded, it sounds like the alcohol, the drinking, caused me my life to become unmanageable. That's not how I saw it. There's another statement in how it works that makes it clearer, in my view. It says, you have to be convinced of three uh, pertinent ideas. Yeah? And the, our experiences before getting sober and after support these ideas. And the first one is, we're alcoholics and we cannot manage our own lives. That, to me, fits better than the first statement. Because the first statement looks like it's cause and effect. Like, if I would just stop drinking, then my life wouldn't be unmanageable. I didn't find, out, find that to be true. But the second statement is real, much clearer. My alcoholic, yeah? And because of that alcoholism, my life's unmanageable. Why? Because I'm trying to manage it. That's the dilemma, really. I'm trying to manage it, and the managing it is making it unmanageable. Yeah, that's the one that was escaping me for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I, only, I thought if I only could manage better, things would work out. Yeah, it's a very big idea most people have in their heads, yeah? Even if they see the managing hasn't worked, they just think if I could only manage better, it would work. <laughs> just like people, you know, they, they're at a thing and they, they teach, their, they said they were told that if they stood for like 16 minutes, something like this, you know, like a Qigong thing, then something would happen. Yeah? And so they were at this talk I was doing, and the guy was telling me, well, why? I did it for 16 minutes. What should I have done? Nothing happened. I said, well, you should have stood for 17 minutes. See? That's how it usually goes. If you just do more, then you'll hit a certain level more, and then the managing will work. Yeah. So it's not like it's a failed system. It's just failing now. Yeah. Yeah. If I keep exerting, it's going to finally work. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a delusion. Uh, one of the all-time big delusions, yeah? <laughs> so, let's say, so, we come into recovery, and it's obvious that our lives were power, I mean, I was powerless over alcohol and drugs. If I have a drink, all bets are off. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Because that's what happened. I chewed up drugs, and I tell you, I had no fucking idea what was going to happen. And terrible things occurred quite a lot, yeah? So, you get into recovery... And you would think you'd get that, yeah? And if you saw it, that therefore anything I did when I was under the influence of alcoholism, it was like I was dancing with a gorilla, you know, and the dance was only going to stop when the gorilla stopped, yeah? I was powerless. So I wasn't going to be dictating what was going to happen, that power, that alcoholism or the gorilla was, yeah? Yet, they're still experiencing tons of guilt and shame on the behavior that was exhibited when they were under the influence, yeah? Now, the guilt and shame, obviously, comes from the sense of being the doer. And that is in the first aspect, the addiction to the idea of being a self. One of its basic foundations is being the doer, yeah? That you're the doer of your actions, you're the thinker of the thoughts, you're the feeler of the feelings, yes? That's its basic premise. That's in place even after you recover from alcoholism. Because you haven't recovered from this. Yeah? The addiction to self is still there. And so you feel like you were a doer. Even though you have tons of evidence, you had no say on a run. You still are feeling very guilty and shameful about what happened in those runs because you believe you did it. Yeah? 
Because that's the primary disease, is the addiction to the idea of being a self. And one of the main ideas of being a self is you're the doer. Yeah? You're not giving yourself a fucking break at all. You're looking from that judgment eye. Yeah? You may think, oh, you'll let everyone else be forgiven, but you haven't forgiven yourself. You're on the hook for many, many fucking things that you believe you did or you didn't do. Yeah? Like Ramana Harshi says in a beautiful statement, and it describes the alcoholic. He says, a person with a mind like that may not want to go for knowledge. They, they should go for surrender. So that if you have that sense of being the doer, you better go to the, the idea of surrendering to a higher power and realizing thy will will be done. Yeah? The idea of you know inquiring and all like this may not be suitable for you in that condition because it'll be the sense of do you're doing the inquiring. Yeah? The doing is too strong. So surrender would maybe be the better way to go. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I when I read it when I was young in AA, I I highlighted it and I brought it to a lot of AA groups. It's right in the beginning of all the collected talks of Ramana Maharshi, page thirty something. So it's a beautiful thing. Because he's, he's diagnosing people on levels. Yeah? He's not giving us one size fits all. He's realizing, hey, your mental inclination is, you, you're really rooted in being the doer. You better go to the surrender route. Yeah? Where you surrender to the power. That's great. Yeah? Beautiful. Instead of having a rigid, dogmatic, no, 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 no. It's not like that. Yeah? Where, when you, wherever you find yourself, there's answers there. Yeah? Some are what you call skillful means, and then on one level, that's the answer. Yeah? But the answer may not be appropriate all the times you need an answer. Yeah? And it's, to be rigidly stuck on that and make it fundamentalism, instead of getting the help that's on offer when you need it, so that you can be of help to others, is insane to me. Yeah? Exactly. So what alcoholism is is a perfect teaching aid. Because yeah. it's very flamboyant and then you can see what happens on a life run on self-will. You can see what happens when instincts are running wild here. You can see. And then hopefully you won't separate yourself from them because you're not an alcoholic. You'll see it's all rooted in the first addiction, which is the conditional mind's addiction to being a self. Yeah, It's never going to become a self. And it's fucking flipped out about it. Swear to God. It has this incredible thwarted desire that's constantly activated. It wants to not be something it thinks it is, and it wants to be something it thinks it isn't. Yeah? And it, can never, it never comes to a completion. Even when you think you have the perfect image, the, the camera moves. Yeah? You can never stabilize the, you know, the image you have and make it okay. You can't. It's impossible. The camera is on shaky ground. It's on a dualistic movement. You're like trying to film something in still life on a seesaw. Yeah? <laughs> the camera's not going to get a very clear picture. 
Do you know what I mean? And you're attempting just to balance it perfectly. It doesn't freaking fucking work. But what it does is an incessantly, an incessant narration that you're either something that that you won't, don't want to be, or you're not something you want to be. Just like these talks. The biggest impediment, like it says in the whole the Course in Miracles, they talk about this thing, the holy instant, which is just the present moment, yes? The vibrating alive presence of this moment, yeah? And it says the biggest impediment for someone to entertain the holy instant is that they don't believe they deserve it. They believe they must prepare themselves for it. They must do some work to be worthy of what's freely freaking given. It would be easy if you had to overcome an outside mountain, but you're overcoming minor molehills that have been made mountains inside. Yeah. It's insane. You've been judged to the point where you're in a state of withholding here. You're holding on to old ideas, which is not allowing you to embrace the emptiness. Yeah? And then, in this situation, then the emptiness becomes another freaking old idea. It's not a living, tactile, sense-felt event. It becomes another concept that's part of the withholding. Yeah? You're withholding now from this moment because you don't think it's the moment. Or, I haven't got it yet. Or some freaking insane old idea. In AA, they say, you know, the results will be nil unless you let go of all your old ideas. Trace back your ideas to the oldest one. The oldest one is that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's the oldest idea you've had. That idea has now claimed to have all the other ideas. And it's totally willing to let go of some of the other old ideas to protect the oldest idea of all. Yeah. It's a very extreme statement. The result will be nil, nil, zippo, zero, unless you let go of all your old ideas. Well, you know what? You know how you let go of all your old ideas? Let go of the one idea that claims to have all the other ideas. Let go. That's the linchpin, yeah? All the other ideas are being made into a necklace by that one <laughs> string coming from the oldest idea. You want the necklace to fall off without even touching it? Just tug that one part. Take out the one linchpin, and then the whole necklace can't be a necklace. Yeah? You don't have to go over each old idea. It'll still all of them letting go of those old ideas by the oldest idea is reinforcing the oldest idea. Yeah? The result's nil. Result is nil. What? Yes. You think you get rid of one necklace, it's just morphs into another necklace. Maybe you have like Buddhist beads before you had like a dog chain, you know, dog leash when you're a, a, a punk rocker. Now you have Buddhist beads. It's fucking the same, same, same. Just different product, different, uh, you know, product, but it's the same formation, a bondage of self. <laughs> How do you let go of the oldest idea, realizing you never held on to it? That's the freaking only way. If it becomes a process of letting go, the most of your experience will be that you're holding on. 
if it's a process of letting go, the emphasis is on how much you're holding on. You've got to cut the dualistic ping pong match. Yeah? You cut it by realizing you're not the one who ha- you're not that old idea. Then there's no need to let go of any old ideas because you were never holding on to any of the old ideas. Yeah? The best way to let go is realize you weren't holding on. If you keep letting go, you're emphasizing you're holding on. You're giving it way too much freaking credit. Yeah. You're giving it too much credit. As soon as you... It's like we read yesterday. One movement away produces heaven and earth. Yes, this is the, that's what they're talking about, this kind of movement. One moving away from there's no holding on to, letting go, changes everything. Who's going to be judging how you're doing and you're letting go? The whole premise of holding on. You're doing really good. Like I talked to these people in recovery, the same voice that was telling them it would be a great idea to shoot coke is, critis- is critiquing their program now. It's the exact same voice. That hasn't been altered one bit by drinking or not drinking. <laughs> it's still yapping, isn't it? The prior addiction is, is swimmingly going on even after you got to the last addiction. It ain't the last addiction. The one addiction is being untouched by all you're getting rid of all the other addictions. Yeah? Because now you still, you and feel that you're the one who, are, who got out of alcoholism. That's the, prior, that's the prior addiction. That seems to be always there. It's like the elite. No matter if there's wars or famine, nothing ever touches them. Yeah? They get circumstances. That's what it's like. Yeah, it's in a perfectly safe position. You never look there. You only look from there. It dissuades any investigation because you already know what it is. You. Yeah. It may demand a lot of work and renovation, but never you never get to look at the blueprints. You just believe the house is already built and you're the tenant in it. You never realize it never went into building. It never had completion. It's fucking just a blueprint. You're making it all up, in a way. It's like you've moved into an imaginary house, and now you're stuck with a 20-year mortgage. You're trying to figure, I can't live... You could just walk out of the freaking house. Yeah? But because of huffing and puffing and making it so, so much, it seems so freaking real that, that it seems the appropriate response to take it to be so. But that's only being lent by you believing this is real. Can you imagine reality somehow the meaning of real came here and now this is giving the meaning to everything of what's real and not. And the first thing it does is makes reality unreal. So that it seems real. <laughs> it can't stand in the same space of reality. If they both met, which they possibly cannot happen because it's nothing there, yeah, it would immediately realize its shadow. Yeah. Its whole point is to make as much things real as possible to keep that seemingly unreal. I have people every week t- calling me up about the earth-shattering event they went through, and I said, well, didn't you have an earth-shattering event last Thursday? The earth hasn't shattered, you know? Or this is the one, you know? But you had the one problem three months ago. This is, oh, this is the, no, this is the one. There's been a lot of the one, you know. 
you would figure if you hit the one and you got relief, there wouldn't be many more others. Yeah. <laughs> it's so simple. It's easily overlooked. It's so freaking simple. It's easily overlooked. The only place where a true correction can occur where the problem never happened. That's the only place. You cannot correct an imaginary problem. You cannot make what something that's unreal. You cannot make something that's unreal that you made real unreal. Yeah? You can't have the real Paul and now the non-Paul, which is just the unreal Paul masquerading as the unreal, unreal Paul. You know? It just doesn't freaking work. It doesn't hold water. And you can get all the knowledge you want. Some physicians, some physicists know there is no world, yet they're still arguing with their wife and they're pissed off at the male newspaper boy missing their porch on Sunday. It's not translating into traveling light. What's the fucking point of it? If it's just an isolated notion that sits in your crowning achievement, your head, or is it something that integrates and spreads out, and now you're a vehicle for its expression, which you've always been. I wouldn't want this if, if I was still fucked up every day. Jesus Christ, if it doesn't translate into value here, there's no value in everything. There's only value about everything where it can be forgotten. Yeah. The, remember, the, the recognition of everything in a place it can be forgotten is the value. Yeah. This is where it has a huge effect. It doesn't have an effect in and of itself. It's, a, it's past all that. Here, it can have a huge effect. It can allow one that seems to be a one travel lighter through a lifetime. And maybe not looking to get all the time, but just not realizing it's a vehicle of expression. Yeah. Being able to recognize its seat assignment, not put its own little cushion on it and engrave its name on it, but realize music, the music will come on and then you get up and you walk around and may sit. Now, I may get, maybe get married in my 60s. Who knows what will happen? You have no idea. Yeah. But you have the flexibility to get up and sit down, move, listen, yeah. Dance with the tune, yes. Instead of being frozen, instead of being like a storage unit of there and then, with no windows open, no circulation of living coming through, just dead space in a way, appearing to be dead space, with tons of knowledge, but no ap applicability. You know, what's the point of it? This is totally about, this is like economical. It pairs you down. You have... You, you're open enough to know what you need to know when you need to know it. Yeah? The shoot's open so downloads can occur. And the downloads just don't occur because of downloading. They download, there's a purpose, and then that's it. Yeah? If I did a talk on, let's say, the 12 steps yesterday, and I did it today, it would be probably quite different. Because it's always a new download. Yeah? All I have is some basic ideas, and everything else is just different, you know, let's use different pastels on this today, yeah? Let's accentuate the background, and then diminish the foreground, because that's what happens. 
we have things and us and all mentality on the foreground and the space has been put in the background. This is about the space comes and becomes the foreground. And then all the yapping and all this goes back into the background. Yeah? And it seems to work a whole lot better. What more do you need? You have the eye to see what works. Work. Let it work. It's not even work it. You're not doing anything. It's doing it all. Yeah? Improve this. Yeah, but if you know, if you've learned a little bit about the mind, you'll recognize it as not you. You'll hear it, but you won't listen to it. That's the whole point. It's not going to stop. That's its function. Its function is to produce a way of making sense to this place from a fucking unsensible view. Yeah, it's trying to interpret to be on to be true to its point of view, but the point of view is insane. Yeah? Its allegiance isn't to the truth, its allegiance is to the point of view of self-centeredness, so it's trying to make sense from a very insane point of view. Yeah? If the point of view is let go, things blue will be blue and red will be red. The appropriateness will come back. A lot of things that you may have, you may not even, you know, this will show, will show back up. Wonder and awe and tons of stuff that, you know, after a while of being an adult, you think that was only in the childhood stage. What a ripoff. It's totally open and available now. Yeah. You can't believe if the, if somewhat, if the mind is empty, what will move through it? But what can move through it if it's a storage unit? Not much. Yeah? You let go of all your old ideas, like in recovery, he says, abandon yourself. Abandon yourself to this power. Yeah? Can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, uh, letting go of the self, you know, the, idea, the concept of the self... The, the, the action of trying to let go is basically telling the universe that you're still holding on. That's right. right. So, in other words, how, so how again can, do I let go without going through the effort of letting go, which is kind well, of... Well, you hear this message, yeah? And there may be a realization or a possibility you're not that, so therefore there's no need to let go of it. Yeah, because that really meant what you, that was really meaningful. What you just said about that, you know, by the action of let, trying to let go is telling the universe that you're holding on still. Exactly. So this is entertaining a possibility that you were never that, which is which is prior to holding on or letting go. Yeah, holding on or letting go become relevant when there's something that can be held on or can or can hold on or there's something that can be let go or can let go. We're going not. We're not dealing with that. We're going prior to that. What are we before there's holding on and letting go? Yeah? Yeah. You're innate. You are the scene of what's going on here. You're not the scene in what's going on. Yeah? You're appearing in the scene of what's going on, but you are of the scene of what's going on. Yeah? Instead of putting all the emphasis, let's say, on the cart... 
like 90% of the emphasis on the cart and only 10% on the horse, this can put 50, 70, 80% on the horse and 10% on the cart and it works out a lot better. <laughs> because the horse is the engine. <laughs> the cart's not going to move without the horse. <laughs> like in recovery they say, you've got to be willing to save your ass or your face, you know, instead of your face. But the problem with me is I thought my face was my ass. Yeah. <laughs> the mental image that I thought was me, I was trying to save, and I was losing my ass every freaking day. <laughs> so all I needed was a little spiritual anatomy class to point out what's your ass and what's your face. And do you really, really want to be saving your face all day, being right and special while your ass is being lost? Or would you rather put like the horse before the cart? And see how life goes. Well, thank God something motivated me to go that direction. Yeah? Now, it's like like I was just talking about foreground and background. The background of all there is that you never sense. You know, the, every, the God that's supposedly everywhere you never bump into now becomes the foreground and things are alive. Yeah? They're alive now. There's a sense of presence. You're, you're, it's vibratory. It's like energy going on. Yeah? It's a live activity. And then all the yapping and interpretation about it doesn't disappear, it just, the volume diminishes, and it takes a much more uh, appropriate position, which is in the background, yeah? So you're not listening to it, you're hearing it, yeah? And then a lot of times when you're really doing something you love or doing a talk like that, you're not even hearing it anymore, yeah? Like here, you lose the sense of body, you're just, you're really... All those preoccupied identifications is dismissed, let's say, if you're doing something you love, like surfing or doing a talk a lot of times, yeah? A lot of times, if I have ailments, they're totally forgotten in the time I'm doing the talk, yeah? So how real were they? Seriously. There's all different things may have been going on when I walk in here, yet they're totally put to rest while this event's going on. So how real could they have been if they could be silenced so quickly with no effort to silence them just by being occupied by some other idea, yeah? You get the hints all the time. How, it, if something was real, it would probably take some time to get rid of it. But a lot of times, things that seem so real disappear in a nanosecond. Yeah? It didn't take any time because they never were so. Yeah, you got to get the hint. The life is telling us all about what's going on all day. You can just read the tea leaves. And maybe all you need is a little hint. And then one principle can be applied to all the events. You'll see it. You'll see the template of what's happening here. And then you'll realize, how can I be that if I'm, there's a seeing of it so clearly? Yeah? And then maybe you get broke from the habit of nowness, and then you start associating yourself as a verb. Yeah? You start sensing, I'm the movement, I'm the seeing, I'm the verbing. I'm not this little conceptual plant pole that's stuck in the river of life trying to claim the river, or at least this little bit of the river, while the river is constantly moving past me. How can I define anywhere the flagpole is as the river? <laughs> I mean, really, it's insanity. Yeah? <laughs> if you forgo the flagpole, you're right in the river. And then you can really see what it's about, because you're all about it. <laughs> you're not in a contradiction to it. You're with it, yeah? Yeah going with the flow or however, however you want to put it, but it applies the same thing. Now, you can't bring this about, so all you do is like this, I heard this information and I entertained it. 
I may not be that. I didn't try not to be that, which is question it, yeah? Because that would be that again, yeah? I tried not to be. Question it, I made my mistakes, you know, in the beginning, because my mind rushed in to take advantage of what I heard. They're pretty incredible ideas. I mean, they're jam-packed with a lot of oomph. So, Costa selfing was thinking, I'm going to use this for my own advantage. It got bored after a year or two because it wasn't working, you know? <laughs> it wasn't panning out well. But some, somehow or another, I stuck with it. There was a maturity there. And then it, I entertained it, and it became uh, just clear. Yeah, And then the, the calibration got recalibrated enough that like 51% of my stock went to this side. Yeah, And so that became the minor, the minor whatever partner or something. And it's truly a minor partner. <laughs> It's really in the mail room now. It has it, it has it looking like the CEO office, but it's the mail room. It sends me a lot of messages, but none of them get opened. <laughs> it's constantly putting things in that tube, you know. Bulletin, you're fucked. Bulletin, nothing's gonna work out. Bulletin, you'll never be loved. Bulletin. <laughs> You haven't got it yet. <laughs> so it still thinks it has power. Who wants to break the bubble? It doesn't matter. It's imaginary. <laughs> it's got one of those uh, play wheels <laughs> in the back. It's in this little mail room. Yeah, I, I got it. I'm going. <laughs> it's telling a story of how it's having all these experiences that are happening. <laughs> while the, the event goes on, unnoticing it at all. <laughs> it's a, yeah. I really enjoy about you is that you talk about that aspect of, of that still going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, the time, you're, you're thinking that that's got to stop at some point. That will stop at some point, and it doesn't. And you think, well, I'm obviously failing. <laughs> exactly. Not stopping. Yeah, because we got ideas. I don't know if it was purposeful or not. I don't think so. But people would talk about events <laughs> of when they woke up. And then, of course, the mind compares and says, well, that hasn't happened to me. Therefore, I'm exempt from it. Yeah? It's all it's looking for is to be unique. So it will try to exempt itself from it. And then in that position, then it has to be something you get. Because obviously you don't have it. Yeah? And then the getting, what does that do? That's seeking. Yeah? Yeah? And so the seeking gets generated, and then the seeker appears quite a lot. And now you're again, you're in the hamster wheel. Yeah? You think it's a, a noble 8,000-year-old tradition hamster wheel, but it's a hamster <laughs> wheel. And if you see a hamster wheel, what's powering the wheel is the hamster it's not the wheel. <laughs> it's powering. Well, voila. <laughs> We're the source of power. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I know to talk about events because it, it can take your eye off of the ball now, which is the event. Yeah? Paul, could you yeah. give me a few examples of how um, your mind uh, kind of tried to take advantage? Uh, and you were saying that the earlier years, when it kind of first started, how it maybe tried to take advantage of Oh, yeah, well, first, yeah. The, fir- how, the first thing it found, 
a gold mine in was not taking responsibility for things. So I always used the example. I remember I was living in Australia. We had a house, my girlfriend and I, and uh, she'd come home and, you know, she had asked me to do something that day, and I didn't do it. And then she said, why didn't you do it? I said, well, there's no Paul to do it. <laughs> there's no Paul. And she'd say, screw you. You know, <laughs> he didn't do the dishes. So I tried to use it in a way that way. Yeah, that was usually the thing, like trying to sort of evade situations. There is no Paul. <laughs> and also, to evade the the real rich meaning that was being given to feelings and stuff. Yeah? I try to use it like a drug, you know? To avoid shit. That's what I did. That's what the mind's always trying to do, is escape. So whatever it comes in contact with, it sees it as a vehicle of escape, and it's sort of non-duality's concepts as another vehicle. But what's beautiful about the message behind the message in non-duality is it's nothing. And it's hard to make it something, you know? You can try, you can, you know, it's like painting like the legs on a snake, you know? You can try, but basically, it's stubbornly nothing. And if you're, if, if the grace is there, it's going to become apparent, yeah? That it's going to not move under your influence. There's more, the best way is submission, in a sense, surrender, whatever, Yeah? That's my thing. So that's what I saw a lot of. I I was looking at it as a way of seeing that I wasn't the doer, trying to get out of the the guilt from the things I thought I did. Yeah, but you can't use it that way, or it didn't work for me. It had a it had to grow with and get a little more weight and timber for it to have to, and then as a byproduct that started to occur, being released from the guilt and shame of past events. Yeah. But not when I was trying to use it to produce that. Because like your experience was that eventually was that you weren't the doer, and it was like beforehand you were still thinking that you were the doer. Yeah, exactly. Because I was do I was trying to use the idea of non-doer. Yeah. I was doing there. Yeah, <laughs> that's the weird thing, the Chinese thumb puzzle, because self can't get out of self. So, yeah, so self can disguise like by not being a self is another form of getting out of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw that fail, so then that led me to a download that the real life, the real relief is that you never were in it. Yeah? Yeah? I was never in a self. So therefore, the belief of getting out of it, being construed in another level as being more in it, was dismissed. I never entered in it to need to get out of it. Yeah? That worked. That extinguished the, the the dual flame of the dualistic expression of close and far, connected and disconnected, have it, lost it, you know? All of that got extinguished by that for me. Yeah. I realized, like, the best way to get out of a place that's imaginary is to realize it's imaginary, you know? That's what dawned. It happened. Because it happened, and then it put the words together that way. And that worked. I swear, that works. And I share it with people because it works. Yeah? Because the thing is, it's very difficult to get out of the dualistic construct or the interpretation, yes? So if you feel you're in something, of course there's a drive to get out of it. But then there's all the, all the time there's the possibility that you'll be in it somehow again, yeah? You can't escape the, rea- the, the, the meaning of reality to both those polarities, yeah? If you enter one, the other one's going to seem real. And then when the other is real, that other one will seem real. 
Yeah? So if you believe you achieve something, you can also believe you'll lose it if you don't do the stuff that you believe you did to achieve it. Yeah? So it all becomes about you. It's all it's all in the realm of selfing. You're not out of anything. And you because you have never been in it. Yeah? That's why it's weird. In a way you feel gypped because you don't get the experience of being out of anything. You get the state of never being in it. It's not a rush, in a way. It's a, you, it's not like a drug, because sometimes for me as an addict, spirituality was like a drug. I was just shooting up spirituality, you know, going into these state, this and that. But this is a state. It's not a, an experience. If you want to have an experience of being out of self, then live the experience of being in self, and then you'll have peak moments where you'll have a great experience of being out of self. But the basics, you'll go back into self, yeah, this idea. But this is not an experience. You've never been in self, so that joyous experience of being out of self is removed. Yeah, It's sort of like, you're not going to experience surrender. Like, surrender is a very high experience in the recovery world, yeah? And but what is needed to surrender is, is to believe you're in control. So sometimes you, you it's like in AA... A lot of people, they have this, they've surrendered. See, there's a statement saying, turn your will and your life over to the care of a higher power, of your own understanding of it, yeah? So people say they surrendered, but then they take it back. This is their experience, yeah? And then shit hits the fan, and then they try to surrender it again as fast as possible, only to when something important occurs, I'm taking it back, like meeting a guy or a woman or whatever, you know, body image, something, yes? So it's sort of a deal that it made with itself, yeah? The self is playing the bigger God, and then it has made up this little God that it's surrendering to, like a like a bully would give a little kid in the in the playground, like say a, a, a bag of candy, hold this, and then there's the little kid, but then any time the big kid wanted it, give me those candy, yeah? Which is the God? The God of your own understanding or the God that gave it the understanding, yeah? Of surrendering, taking it back. That And it was really a lot of fun when you surrendered. I mean, it's like a really cool thing. It's like that being on the cliff and the wind blowing through your hair. And it's been so, you've gone through the dark night of the soul. And then, oh, you know, your ex-girlfriends are sitting there wishing you the best or maybe not, you know. And then, oh, and then you let go and it's fucking great. That's gone. I never have an experience like that, ever. Yeah. But... I would say being in the state of surrendered is so much more valuable because it's influencing every experience that I'm going through. Every experience is imprinted with the surrendered state. Yeah, I much. It's a much better deal to give up the that 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 boredom that looks exciting, you know, of taking it back and then give. Oh, oh, yes, God, have my relationships. Yes. Make sure it looks a certain way. <laughs> you know, like that. You know what I mean? It's exciting in a way. Oh, what's going to come my way now? Now that I've surrendered. You know, it's not, it's gone. The state is like a beautiful. <laughs> but endless. Endless. It's like all your no-playing have caught the baseline of the whole event. And you're keeping that baseline going in all the activities, yeah? There's a... And you're attuned to it, yes? Bing! And you're always vibrating. 
bing. A lot of other vibrations occur, but that's the baseline underneath everything. Underneath, around, in and out of everything. And you're attuned to it. You have it. It's plugged in, let's say. And you've recognized its primary position. And you honor it. And then you entertain it. So whatever's going on, you he can hear that note in it. Yeah. And you're tuned to it. And it keeps you on the straight and narrow in a way. It keeps you uh, ever-presently alert. With no effort. Because you're hearing it in everything. It's always ohm. It's always the one note of all the notes that are playing. Sometimes there's a cacophony going on. But there's a discernment there. It's there. It's always there. Nothing else would be appearing. It's like the note of silence. All sound comes from silence, yeah? Well, the first note is silence. Everything else is being played in and around that silence, yeah? Well, you're, you're attuned to the silence more, and you can respond to the notes. The notes are the dance, but the silence is the rest, yeah? That's where you rest. It's pretty cool. You can, no way you could ever find it, because you wouldn't know where to look. Because you're actually a discordant note. Selfing is a very agitated note. And it's, if it ran into the big note, it would still take itself to be more supreme. And it wouldn't blend into that big note. It would have to be contrary to it to feel unique. Yeah, But the surrender and stuff allows you to just submit to that. You're giving up the ghost. You know, Maybe young people it's more difficult because they still have a lot of hope. You know, It's wonderful when younger people are motivated. But some people, they'll go through the great education of disillusionment. <laughs> They've followed many of the formulas selfing has provided to lead to happiness and it hasn't really worked well. So maybe they're more apt to give up the ghost by then. Yeah, I don't know. I find it's pretty damn easy. Many of the things that used to enthrall me don't entice me at all because I know the inherent emptiness of it. Yeah. I'd rather be inherently empty and then be filled up by what's downloading instead of trying to fill myself up. It just works better for me. Yeah. Place the way to go. And a weird thing, I'm getting healthier in it. The body. I've grown an inch. 6'2 now. I used to be 6'1 most of my life. It's weird, weird. Last time I went to the hospital, I was 6'2. <laughs> Sinuses usually go crazy. My sinuses are getting a little better. They're bad today, but pretty good. And uh, I think my my body's really responding well to my absence. <laughs> it was so fucking happy <laughs> to have that tenant move out. <laughs> it doesn't even need to get a construction company for renovating. It has to build and renovate itself. It just needed to get that fucking crazy tenant out. <laughs> Woo! You know, it's just loving it. <laughs> but it's not out, is it? It's just huh? in a different. It's not out, is it? <laughs> it was never in. That's the good news. What? Yeah. Yeah. It was never in. That's the thing. Okay. It was never in. That's the only way it can stabilize is being out. It cannot stabilize being out if it was in, because it will be in again. Your mind's going to flip based on thoughts or weird perceptions or old comic ideas. You're going to turn. You're going to walk back willingly into the prison and pull the door behind you. The mind can't help it. Yes, 
It's moved. If yes occurs, no is available. Yeah? If connection occurs, disconnection is available. If close occurs, far is available. Yeah? It just happens. You see the mind, if you see the mind, how it's split and how it's doing its thing here, there's a lot to be learned there. It opens up and it tells you. You know? Is there a time when, like when I have a thought or a feeling, there's no... For me, there's no seeing it in that moment. I am that thought. I am that feeling. And it's afterwards that I can see. Mm. I can see, oh yeah, okay, I'm thinking that again. Or I'm telling that story again. But I'm imagining that there's maybe a time when the cart goes before the horse, when the thoughts are seen as they arise, and those feelings are seen as but in that maybe in that immediate moment, consciousness made contact with that thought. So you actually did meet it exactly when it was hatched. You just don't see yourself as consciousness. Yeah. You're the only one that met it. Met it. The idea of a you that met it is an interpretation. You're the only thing that's met life here. You're just calling an afterthought you. That's all. And in that calling it you, you forget what you are, which is expressed through the awareness of that conscious moment. Yeah? So that's going to... That's gonna. You'll lose more and more distance if you keep entertaining, I'd imagine. And then you realize you were never where you thought you were to have that assessment. <laughs> You're at that moment. You are the moment. Yeah? Nothing is conceived or, or there's no inception without you. Yeah? So you will see the thought because you are the seeing of the thought. You're seeing it now, but you forgot because the process caught produces a forgetfulness really fast and now you're remembering it to you that didn't see the thought. Seriously, I mean, I've seen it. That's what happens. Time is an incredible uh, possibility here. Yeah? It's an incredible possibility. The sense of being a self arises really quickly in time. The only way you can ever really if you're thinking you're of time, you'll never get to the point of conscious contact. But the only thing that's there is timelessness. And I would say you're more of that than you are of, of time. Yeah, That's how you see the thought come up. Not in time. You'd never be able to backtrack to get there from where you think you are. It would take too long. You know? It's too late, really. When, you, when it dawns that you, you were the one that missed the thought, it's too late to ever find the thought then. Yeah? Because you, this, a process has proceeded, which is the selfing, and now it wants to run before 
but it's only produced by the process. It's, it's not so. So it can't leave. It can't be before the process. So at the moment of life, the process called Paul or Donna will never be, be get there. You'll never be able to r- arrive back there from where you are because you're distant in time, in a sense. You're a process of time, this idea of being Paul. You weren't in it for the first ba- maybe 18 months as a baby, but you seem to be in it now. But that same awareness that was present in the, the uh, baby at that moment is still available now to us, as us, yeah, as it always was with the baby. The baby didn't have a sense of self, so it seemed to be right on the pulse of life. A sense of self has been produced, and we've been separated from that pulse of life, seemingly, not so, but seemingly. And therefore, we'll never be able to catch up. Like, basically, we're in a story, yeah? Like, really, right now, when the, when the, when the remembrance of what just happened occurs, it's happening in another moment. Yeah, and then there'll be a next moment where Paul appears that will recognize the previous moment. But Paul never recognizes it in the moment because Paul is a product from that conscious contact. It happens after that. So Paul shows up the next moment and then it, it, then it has a life based on the last moment. Yeah, So it's living an interpretation. And it's never going to be able to get off that horse and run before it starts. You're not, you're an idea. You're an afterthought, yeah? The sense of Donna is an afterthought. It's never going to be the before truth. It's an afterthought, yeah? It's assuming it's before as the truth, but that's just an assumption, crazy as it really is, yeah? What you are is the seeing of it, and you've never missed a fucking thought. <laughs> <laughs> Awareness doesn't blink, you know. Conscious contact can be interrupted, but awareness isn't. Yeah, awareness is of its own nature, aware. It's not based on circumstances or situations. It's, it's not. It's not affected by circumstances, situation because it's not a thing. Yeah, it's got its own nature, not of this place. And of course, in its in that realm, it's true to its own nature, which is it's aware. <laughs> it's aware, yeah, awareness. So, yeah, I know everyone wants to get there. I don't know, people. That's why we get stuck. It's a, you know, that's one of the most things I've learned about doing the talks. I learned the common, like what I see as the common little. Uh, hiccups where the mind the thing about it's you know you haven't had an event therefore you're exempt that's a big one the idea of wanting to be there to get it is a really big one yeah so there's a sense of Paul and they they want to have this absence of Paul but as the sense of Paul which that not going to happen I'm telling you sorry there's no exceptions no exceptions there's no special gift that you're going to be there to get it doesn't happen, I don't believe that way. Yeah? 
So these common things, just like the idea of you recognize the selfing, but you think it's happening to you, or you're doing it, that's not recognizing the selfing. <laughs> I mean, you've you've recognized the sword, but you already it's already stabbed you. <laughs> it's a little too late. It would have been best to recognize the sword before it's stuck it into you. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it could be a disservice because you Oh, that sword, oh you know, yeah. It'd be best if you could have prevented something and, yeah, that's a big one, yeah. Because it's hard to shake the sense of self as the reference point. It's been used to be the reference point, this body position, for a long freaking time. The mind's got a lot of investment in it, the conditional mind, yeah? Yet there are powers greater than that mind that are available. I like to call use the term grace. And I, I don't believe grace is a an individual gift. I think it's available. And if the you know, how could something happen that you could never have imagined by your hand? I don't know, you know? I mean, I entertained it, and I found something pushed me over the edge. But it, I felt it had a lot of importance about hearing these ideas. And that's why we do this. And I found repetitions pretty helpful. Just like I saw this baby where I'm staying, Rob's baby, uh, every time she says something, she says it like four times in a row. She'll go, baby, my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby. I go, my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby. I go, yeah, yeah. Ninety night, ninety night, ninety night, ninety. Yes, 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 yes. Repetition. That's how our mind's learning something. Yeah. Voila. Repetition. Yeah. Put yourself into the space, and you'll be reminded. Not reminded. You'll, it's because it's it's not something that's gone. So it's. You'll be, let's say, tickled, and then, yeah, until you, and then one day you'll realize that you're always tickled, yeah. and then you may really enjoy going to get tickled, or you may enjoy not going to get tickled because you'll always be tickled. Yeah, maybe you'll be used to tickle others. Could find yourself a seat aside. It could be like this. It could be just sharing with the other people. It doesn't matter. This is this isn't all that it's cracked up to be. I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, you like if it was your if it was your job, you'd like to have more security, like knowing what you're going to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have like a 12-day event, and I have no clue what's going to happen every fucking time. It's pretty cool. I mean, in a way, if you can put up with that. You know, you have the, your whole life is based on uncertainty. Your, your sort of quote-unquote career. <laughs> It'd be easy if I could come in here and play a tune. <laughs> but you, this tune, you don't have set chords. <laughs> you just have the bass line. <laughs> it's like constant jazz every time. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like I, I'm jazzed out. Yet that's all the that's all that can happen. You can't, you can't. I don't have a twelve step procedure. I don't. I don't have like a an ever increasing ascent to the plateau of peace. You know. I don't have anything like that. There's nothing to stand on. I can't promote. The next step. I can't say, oh, delay this. You'll get the secret handshake in uh, February. You know? <laughs> Come back.
back to February. We're going to have a special meeting in a special place. It's going to cost you very specially, and you'll get the handshake. We don't have any secret handshakes. Yeah? I can't really... Uh, it's not a dissertation, because that, to me, is a disservice. I don't like going on and on, because I think it's very simple. It's a message, and it needs to be entertained. It doesn't... The hearing is just a, a, just a segue to the entertaining. The entertaining is the dominant event, not the message. This is just a little, this is just the insertion into the mail slot. What happens behind the mail slot is the message, yeah? And that's entertaining, the ideas. And see if they're given life by the mind. Or, if you'll see an aspect of conditional mind trying to neuter them and freeze them and make them dogmatic and fundamental and dry, or there'll be a, an enlivening of those ideas and they'll actualize an effect in your life today. Yeah. It's pretty direct and simple. Yeah. The entertaining is the retreat. And it's going to be wherever you go today. After this is over, you'll be on that retreat. Your mind's going to entertain a lot of things. Let's see if it falls upon this every once in a while. And see what happens when it falls upon these ideas. It may open up. Yeah, it may open up. Yeah. Instead of trying to find a reflection in the concepts, it may open up to the message. Yeah? Instead of seeing it as a mirror to all of this, and of this, Maybe you'll realize it's deeper than that and open up and then engulf the idea and the idea will stimulate it getting larger, which is its own size. Yeah? And you'll feel expansive and you'll sense a presence and you'll feel lighter. And these are like the trickle-down effects coming into the formatted programming. You get a certain clue. There's been a huge avalanche happened and then you feel a little lighter. But your mind has had a seismic shift. It may feel like it's a little crap for you, but if you could gauge where you were and where you are now, the lightness of your background has grown considerably. Yeah? Yeah. So, you had mentioned about sound being the baseline, or silence being the baseline for sound in space, place, or place, or earth. What exists for this awareness to exist? Like, what is it, not its opposite, but what allows that awareness or consciousness to exist? Well, I don't believe, like, awareness exists or any of that. Yeah? yeah? It just is whatever. I can't describe it or know what it is. So I don't know. But I don't believe it's of coming and going. So it's not of existence or non-existence. It doesn't have a dualistic bent. Yeah. For something to... Uh, to something to recognize what's going on here, it can't be other. Yes. So awareness to recognize what's going on here, or mind to recognize what's going on, it can't be other. Yeah. It must be of something other. Yeah. So here is things come and go, exist and not exist. Yes. But I don't believe that has those qualities. Yeah. But I never even question, I don't know anything about any of that, really. I just sense it. And that's more than enough. To me, that's the living knowledge. I wouldn't, too many ideas I don't think are good. 
You know, I haven't picked up a spiritual book in years, not out of any decision, I'm just not interested. And I don't want to hear any other teachers or people who invite people because I don't want to steal some of their material and it's not coming out of my own bakery. So it's fresh, yeah? Does that mean you think of it like you would need a channel to channel that awareness even? Or? Well, for, for this to become an expression, attempting to express that, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See you, honey. Thank you, honey. I'll see you soon, I hope. Or. Yeah. <laughs> see you, honey. Thank you. Hey, Robert, give that lady a hug for us. Give that lady a hug. Thank you. Yeah, I have no idea about it. You know. Awareness is just a word. I like a mind better. The big M. But it just it just implies a lot to me. But I don't have anything to find. Yeah? When that, when that word comes into my head, it implies a large... It implies a lot. But I can't... I couldn't put a definition on what it implies. But it implies... It means a whole lot to me. That word, that word, mind, means the most of any word in my life, yeah. And the back of it's open-ended, yeah. So mind is just a like a name for the for the front, and then mind comes through that into my experience here and my states and stuff, and then just in you know the senses and the energies and stuff. So, but this, I don't know if anything starts or stops and stuff like that. I don't believe we do. I don't believe there's a starting point or a stopping point. But I can't, I don't see this, there's no way you can verify it. It's just something you have a sense of. I don't really underappreciate what's appearing. I mean, I have a very rich life. And like, the dream's gotten a lot happier. And, uh, I'm not rushing out to leave here. You know? where, where before, when I had an idea of life, I wanted to get out of it. Now I don't have much idea of it, and I seem to be okay being in it, seemingly, because I know I've never been in it. It's the only way it worked for me. If I didn't, if I didn't have this sense, I'd still be an addict somehow, probably trying to get out of what I thought I was in. Because what I thought I was in really seemed to be something you'd want to get out of. <laughs> you know, I really did. I wanted to get out of it at all costs. And, you know, I, and that was demonstrated in my life. I, I, uh, I was willing to prostitute and go pretty damn far to get out of what I never was in. And, uh, maybe that was a very good teaching because I saw the only thing I really gave 100% to was drug addiction in my life I was a perfect devotee to drug use I mean I'd match my drug use up to any spiritual devotee in the annals of spirituality Hanumahan and all of those people <laughs> I was right up there with them you know and yet completely feeling like I gave 100% to that there was no transcendence I never got out of what I thought I was in you know 
I sure seemed like I got out of it, but I'd always wake up seemingly back in it. So, and it was a real fucking frustrating thing. To the point where I was doing huge shots, I could care less if I lived or died. The only reason I'm still here is people that were, because when you're on a run, you can't, you're so vibrant, you're vibing so much, you can't put the needle in your arm. I remember I gave my friend a shot to give me, and luckily he only pushed halfway in, or I would have been dead. I wanted the whole fucking package, and he stopped because he saw my eyes go off. And I just couldn't, at that point, I couldn't care if I was dead or alive. I was probably leading to being dead. Yeah, but thank God and he had—he wasn't a wise person. But at that moment, wisdom came into him, and he just said no and pulled it out. And that happened many times. So, what could lead someone to there, or what could lead a mind to be entertaining those possibilities every day? You know, some insane shit. You know, and uh, you know, some of us haven't died. So you can come back and tell the tales, and then there's a lot to learn from it. You, know, you can see, selfing is pretty damn easy to see in an alcoholic life, in an addict's life. It's very easy to discern. Other people who may have a better, you know, quieter life, maybe it's difficult to pick it up. But in a fucking junkie's life, it's fucking pretty obvious that you've been taken over. I mean, <laughs> that you have no power that you're just a form of transportation for something. And and it has a very distinct feeling of being foreign, but you can't escape it, yeah? Because there's an identification that's in place as it, yeah? It's unfucking believable You hate it so much, yeah? But that just uh, galvanizes the bond to it, yeah? I never met any addict who loved himself or herself. Never, never. It was a deep hatred, yeah. But the hatred was like a bonding glue to it. You would think it would move you from it, but it was it fucking thrived in that condition, yeah. So, you know, to come out of that, I learned a lot. And then from listening to people for twenty five years, I've learned a lot. And it's great to have the ability to learn from other people's experiences. Where before I didn't even couldn't even learn from my own. Now I can listen to others and go. I can see where they're coming from by what they're saying, and I don't. I know I never want to be established there again. No fucking way, or I'd be saying the exact same thing they're saying at the meeting, <laughs> and I'd be thinking it was as real as real could be, like they're thinking it as real as real could be. Yeah, yeah. So, and then when I hear from them, I just apply to my own life. I apply to this own situation, and. Uh, I've never removed myself from being identified with all the other alcoholics, thinking I'm special or anything. I could be right where they are if I was entertaining what they're entertaining. Seriously. What about Ramana Maharshi and Nishanka Datta? Like, they used to smoke, right? Yeah. Ramana Maharshi, I don't think, smoked. This is a Gadada Maharaj did. Yeah. Yeah. There's no problem with smoking. I, don't, I probably probably wasn't an addict, you know. You know. <laughs> I don't know about them, really. But I know Robert did smoke. But I know he had cancer and stuff. I know people flipped out because he cried out in pain, and they couldn't believe that someone who was supposed to be where he was was crying out in pain. But he never cried out in pain. It was the apparatus. What 
fucking, what do you think, to become super men and super women? Why did they die from cancer? Fuck. Did <laughs> the energy become like too much and then they just want to leave or something like that? Who knows? I have no idea. You know? But their energy hasn't left. No, <laughs> it wasn't their energy. If you ever got to his cave, <laughs> the energy is it's like a nuclear reactor where he lived. I mean, the body? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, well, maybe it ran its race, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, who knows? I have no idea. Yeah. I like the mystery of it all. All I care about is right now, basically. Because uh, the care seems to have some value now. <laughs> I'm caring about yesterday and tomorrow doesn't have, it's like, it's like a weird deposit. The care, what's it going to affect? <laughs> I'd rather have care where it has an ability to affect something, which is now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really care what I did three years ago. Why? <laughs> it's, uh, I'd rather take that care, maybe put it into you or me or to someone else. You know? Then it has value. If you're, draw- if you're directed by something, your deposits will be very beneficial. You know, when you, when you, when, and your withdrawals also. You'll see a whole different commerce go on, directed by a much uh, clearer, let's say, intelligence. You know? Yeah. Well, that's it for these so far, right? Is that okay? Do you want to go on and on? Right now? <laughs> Eat a little bit, maybe? Someone stole my uh, Tahiti brownie things from my tape. It must have been Helma. Helma! Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. We have these candy bars in there. So you want to go eat something and then come back? How about, what time is it now? 12.30. So it's 12.30, so come back at 1.30? Okay. Quarter to two. Yes? We need a break, I think, yes. Not I, but we. We can stay here all day. I can get into the loving gaze aspect. Of this too. <laughs> Boy, I won't scare you with that. <laughs> My girlfriend calls it the high beams. She doesn't like it. I saw going as you. <laughs> Gotta keep it mellow.